Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Hey folks, welcome back to the 10K Collective, the place to be for six, seven, eight-figure Amazon sellers. Today we are talking further with Rick Cesari, kind of creator really of direct response TV advertising, or certainly one of the people that made it really mainstream, and Jason from Avenue Media, Jason Boyce, who is a seriously powerful, experienced Amazon seller, so like 17 years of experience in the trenches and eight figures over many of those as well. So we're going to be talking today on really two key areas. One is building a great brand, Rick Cesari's strategies for that. And the other one is then the, the keys for selecting and, and building great product choices by Jason Boyce. So powerful stuff. Some of it is stuff that if you've been around the block for a while, you'll have heard before. But I think that the type of people that it's being made by and, and spoken about by really mean that everyone should sit up and take some notice because it comes from people with a lot of deep experience in this area. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening in advance. That brings me to your five key strategies for building a great brand, which obviously is the kind of Brighton rock that underlies, I guess there's twin themes here. Amazon are nasty people and you need to defend yourself and brand is the answer. So give us your five key strategies, Rick. Talk us through that. I'm going to defer um, to the genius here, Rick. No, no, I will. And, and Jason knows a lot of these things now as well and uses them every day. But, you know, think about this. And I think a- anybody that your listener, Michael, and selling on Amazon, if they haven't, we like to use a, t- a phrase when we're talking to people, start with the end in mind. And what that means is, where where do you want to be? Why are you starting your Amazon business? And where do you want to be? Do you want to sell this business at some point in the future? And we were talking, you know, before the podcast started a little bit about Amazon aggregators, and it's a great opportunity for selling an Amazon business. But one of the things they're looking for is a brand. So how do you how do you do that? And, you know, I wrote a book called Building Billion Dollar Brands, which is just my experience in working with Sonicare and Juice Man and OxyClean and George Foreman Grill, and really taking the things that were the similarities in all of those campaigns and what they did to help build the brand. And some of it is very old school, or it's not like revolutionary, but people don't normally do a lot of them or put all of these things together. And the the first one is really basic marketing 101 is what's your USP or unique selling proposition. And when Jason and I see this all the time, people will be thinking about starting an Amazon business and they'll want to market a coffee maker or or a blender. And it's like, it's no different than any other blender out there. You know, what is the unique selling proposition? And, you know, just giving a quick blender story a few years ago, and I know it's not this way now on Amazon, there was high price blenders, which were Vitamix, and there were really cheap wearing blenders, but there was no one right in the middle. And I was working with a couple guys that said, hey, we're going to market a, a blender that's right in the middle that's got the power of a Vitamix. 
but you just have to pay a little bit more than the lower priced one. So that was their differentiator. You know, a couple other examples, and these are extreme examples, but it'll point out the unique selling proposition. Look at the GoPro camera. When the guy started that, he was competing against Sony, Panasonic, Kodak, which is bankrupt now, and he was building a camera in his garage. So what did he do to differentiate himself? He basically focused on a little niche camera that would work for extreme sports. And that was a great niche for him. Another little example, there was a coffee. Let's say you're launching a coffee brand and there's millions of different coffee brands out there. So one of the stories I like to tell, and I think I heard this on a Tim Ferriss podcast, was the story of Death Wish Coffee. It was it was the strongest coffee ever made, but that's a differentiator. You know, Jason and I were talking earlier about different is better than better. And that's really what USP is. Amazing. Is what, what's unique about your product or service or, or what you're selling? And then how do you communicate that message to someone? And Jason goes into really good detail in the book and the product development stage is, and he's done it and he can talk about it with the foosball table or the ping pong table or pool table or whatever he sold is, that's a commodity. Other people are selling it. But when he was designing his products, he got inspiration, for, and I'll let him tell a story, from a, from a Mustang Fastback, and he put racing stripes on the table. And that was enough of a differentiator to make that the number, the number one product in the category. So it's just a, a really focusing on changing your thinking so that you're looking at how you can make your product different than the competition out there. And I'm not saying it's an easy task and you can't necessarily do it for every single product, but almost everybody that all, all the clients that Jason's working with has done this pretty much with their with their product line. Do you want to add anything to that, Jason? I mean, that's, that's great stuff, Rick. I, I want to share a story with you, Michael, and your listeners that helped us. At one point, my brothers and I in our business, we thought we were the man cave company. We thought we were selling to a lot of dudes who were buying pool tables, air hockeys, and foosball tables for their man cave. And then, you know, we had, you know, we were probably doing nine, 10 million at the time when we when we we had this discovery. And we took our customer list, and it was even an Amazon customer list, and we sent it to a list broker and we said, tell us what the anonymous demographics breakdown is of our products. And you know what we learned? We learned that we weren't the man cave company. We learned that about 60% of our customers were women who lived in rural areas who had big houses and lots of kids. And we thought, dang, we were really way off. And here we are doing, you know, 10 million, 9 million, 10 million in revenue. And we went back to the drawing board and we said, well, we looked at the search results page for all of our tables and we looked at the designs and all of the designs looked like most of the game table makers out there were like ex-professional billiard players, right? So old white dudes that, you know, old, bald, fat white dudes with their sense of design, right? And so it was very masculine and not very inspiring. And so we hired a creative agency just on a contract basis. We didn't spend a lot of money, but we said, hey, we want your help rebranding our company because we realized we're not selling to man caves. We want something that's more fun and exciting and gender neutral. And so we it started with our brand. We created this, you know, fun, exciting brand, bring friends and family together, which is what moms want to do, right? They want to buy an air hockey table, not because of the power of the air blower, because they want their kids and their family to come together and have good off-screen time. And so we created this really fun and bright color, energetic brand. 
And then on the design level, you know, Rick mentions that ping pong table we designed where I, where I ripped off some designs from Ford Mustang. But I was walking in a mall at one point and I went to a board, uh, I went to a surf shop to get some, you know, a bathing suit. And I saw some board shorts that looked really cool. And they were like blue stripes and orange stripes and they were kind of intermingled. And I, I didn't even buy them. I just took a picture of it with my cell phone. I came back and I went to our graphic designers and I say, I think this will look cool on an air hockey table because I've never seen anything like it. And so we, we skinned our air hockey table with these really cool designs. And within about three months after it landed, it became a number one seller on Amazon in that category. And so little different things like knowing who your customer is, especially for your listeners who've got a year's worth of thousands and thousands of customers send that over to a list broker, find out what the real demographics are and see if you can tailor some designs to match them. And, and, you know, the last thing I'll say about that is as we started to populate these cool new, like gender neutral and like less masculine, more feminine designs on the search results page, all you had to do is search air hockey table and see our, our stuff jumped off of the first page of search results. Our click-through rates went through the roof. Our conversion rates went through the roof. And the best part we sold it for 30% higher than everybody else on that page. And we still sold as much quantity. And I think just to add one, one little thing to that, Michael, is you can't just go. And again, this is something you could do in the old days. You could go to China, find a product, put it on Amazon and make money. Now you have to go to China, find a product and add your personal touch or differentiate it from the other products out there. And we talk about that in the book before you start selling it on Amazon. And so it's a little thing, but it's something that's necessary to build the brand. And then just jumping into the the next one, the the zigzag, that that's what I call positioning. And that's kind of a marketing term, but really I always tell tell people about a book I recommend and uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, which is really basically the term zigzag came out. If everyone's going one direction, you need to go the other direction and look for the open opportunity or the open category or the niche in the marketplace where you can get your product. And, you know, there's a, a couple examples, again, from products I worked with in the past, but a, a juicer that, that we had is a great example and kind of combines one and two. A juicer is a commodity. Uh, uh, Braun and Krupps, when we launched the Juice Man Juicer, were, were selling these products and they were selling them as kitchen appliances. And when we started marketing our juicer, we focused on the benefits of the juice coming out and marketed as a health device. So we we took a, a common kitchen appliance and turned it into a health device, which is a totally different category and very similar. Any any really successful big brands you know about have done a similar strategy. I mentioned GoPro before. GoPro took the strategy and the positioning where there weren't any other cameras in the extreme sports thing. And the biggest benefit of a GoPro wasn't the fact that it was quote unquote, a great camera. It was all the mounting devices where you could mount it on the front of a surfboard, on a handlebar, on a bicycle, on on your ski pole, on a helmet. That was the big thing that differentiated GoPro from the competition, that you're able to turn it around and take pictures of yourself. So the zigzag part is really about positioning, looking for a niche in the marketplace that There aren't a lot of competitors. That's why they call it blue ocean. There's not a lot of boats out there. And if you can find that, even if it's small, 
you can you can stake a claim and 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 it can generate great sales. I yeah, I think I've read the the Blue Ocean strategy and it's, it's great stuff. I mean, I have to say it does feel very very hard in Amazon not to feel that you're in the red ocean as they call it, and I guess it's red because all the yes. sharks feeding on each other, and it, it does feel very very hard to get that blue ocean on Amazon at this point. I mean, do you think that's yeah. still out there in 2020, 2021, and beyond? Well, I I, I think it is. It's it's harder to find, and I think it gets niched down where before there was a blue ocean that was this big, and now it might be this big, and you have to find that niche or create it, and that all goes into um, what Jason was talking about, making the product a little bit different. So it's really hard to find, quote unquote, that billion-dollar niche now. I'm not saying they aren't out there, but but you don't need a, a billion-dollar niche. You need you need a million-dollar niche to have some success. So those are definitely out there okay. for sure. And you know, Michael, going back to our coffee sessions that we used to have every Friday morning at the Issaquah mm-hmm. Coffee House, you know, one of the most fascinating discussions that we had there as we were getting to know each other was this idea of how Rick turned these. I mean, he took the the George Foreman grill, dude, was a taco grilling machine, all right? So Rick came in and turned it into the lean, mean, fat grilling burger machine, right? And And he hired George Foreman. I mean, who does that, right? And this is what his method was. He shared this with me. And, you know, I should probably let you say it, Rick. Why don't, why don't you tell it? And then I'll tell, and then I'll tell the, I'll tell the comparable way that we've, we, we thought the process was the same that we were doing on Amazon. Tell us how, how you would go out and you would interview these real customers and how you would learn from them. Yeah, so this this kind of covers a little bit of four and five, always listen and authentic testimonials. And Michael, one of the things I started doing when we were doing a lot of television marketing is I would always have great success with a product that was already in the marketplace, even if they were doing very little sales, like $10,000 or whatever, as opposed to a brand new invention. And one of the reasons for that is that I could go to um, their customer base and I could line up these interviews with people. And basically I had a video camera rolling. I would interview 10 to 15 people. And basically I would hear the stories and I would ask them about 20 questions. And, you know, how do you hear about the product? What do you like? What do you don't like? Why, why did you buy it? And, and after the end of that time, after talking to just 10 people, you start to see some trends. And those are the things that you pull out from a marketing perspective. And then, you know, it's better than any focus group you could ever do because these are real customers that have bought the product that have spent money. And then obviously the second part of that is, we're videotaping them. So now we have these testimonials that we could use in our marketing, you know, for our e-commerce, our website marketing, our testimonials on television commercials or whatever. And we won't go down the whole rabbit hole of testimonials, but I really think they're one of the strongest marketing things there are. You know, Amazon uses them. They just call them reviews type of thing. But tell them Jason, Jason was saying, hey, I do the same thing, but just a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, Rick's saying this to me, and I'm like, my God, that's the same process that we use to find blue ocean products and categories 
on Amazon, we read all the bad reviews from all the best sellers and we identify where the opportunity is in a given subcategory. And I was like, it's like it's the same process. I didn't have a camera. You know, I wasn't sitting live with folks, but I was I would go through, download, and read all of the negative reviews for every air hockey table, first and second page of search results. That, that's an that's an important point. I just want to emphasize you, you read the bad reviews because that's your opportunity. Yeah, you you read the bad reviews for yours too. It, I'll, I'll tell you another good reason to read the good reviews for your own product, but but it, it, like the light bulbs went off for me, Michael, and I was like, yes, that's the same process. And we and I asked Rick at one point, how do you feel about these expensive focus groups? And he was like, ah, they don't work. And he told me this great J and J story about how they'd spent millions of dollars following the advice of a focus group, focus group members who had never purchased and used their own money to buy the product, had never really experienced the product and had given bad advice to a merchandising marketing team. And so you can avoid all of that by reading the bad reviews from Mm -hmm. the customers, not only so that you can develop, so that you can start a product from the ground up that solves the problems that are existing in the marketplace from products on Amazon that are doing really, really well in sales. Right. And then the second piece of that is you can use that fix that you put into your product and make that part of your benefits messaging when you do go and list the product on Amazon. You're already telling people in your infographics, in words, your additional images, hey, my product solves the problem that these other bestsellers are having. So, you know, come buy mine. And by the way, you're going to cost you a little bit more, but you're not going to have that problem that the other guys have. So that's that's where you go find the blue ocean on Amazon. That's one of the ways, right? Yeah, and then and then just one one last thing, Michael, and you you already know this, but a lot of the things that Jason and I are talking about, there's kind of a parallel strategy. There's your Amazon strategy, but there's a lot of things you can't do on Amazon. You have to do those on your e-commerce website, but the more that those two things can work together, the synergy between the two is the will help make you more successful on Amazon. So you can really get into the origin story. You can do a lot of the things uh, that we're talking about here and it'll benefit what you're doing on Amazon. So it's kind of like a dual strategy and we talk about that in the book as well. Amazing. Well, there's so much there. I mean, first of all, the, the whole thing of forget about focus groups, let's talk about people who paid money reminds me of another quote from the 4-Hour Workweek. I, I don't have shares in the book. I wish I did now, but he said something like, <laughs> don't ask people if they will buy, ask them to buy which is the difference between, do you like this product? And great, I've got 10 of them in the car. Do you want one? <laughs> so it's not quite the same thing, but it, it comes down to the value of people who've already paid money. So by definition, they are actually worth knowing their opinion about because then other people will share their opinion. You will also spend money rather than focus groups, as you say. So I really like that. And you're very thorough, Jason, downloading, reading all the reviews on pages one and two. This is probably, it's not new advice to read reviews, goodness knows, but the thoroughness of that and the belief in it, I think is is a, a different yeah. thing, really. It's gold. It's a gold mine. Yeah. I just want to mention one thing real mm. quick, Michael, for your listeners. And I have a email template, like it's a six-step emails that you send out to your database to solicit authentic testimonials. And that's something I give away for free. And if, if, if they just email me, rick at rickcesari.com, I'll send that out to anybody for free that wants it. Perfect. Well, yes, I think anyone saying right now would should be biting your hand off to get that, as we would say over here. 
talk about yeah, gold. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is great. What I really love about it is this is not Jason, you, you sold on Amazon for 17 whole years and long years, I'd imagine, by the side of it. No Saturdays. But yeah, you're very, very passionate about this. I can hear that the excitement of the synergy between your the collision of a sort of two slightly different and yet very similar underneath world. So this is amazing stuff. Tell me then the the next juicy thing that I've got to get out, another five-step thing. We've the the internet loves listicles. This isn't 10 steps, it's five steps for finding essential steps for finding a winning product. I mean, that's obviously the thing that everybody in the world is obsessed with. So Jason, you've got to answer that one. Sure. So I'll, I'll sort of paraphrase those steps. You know, we, we sit, when we're sitting down and writing the book, we ask ourselves, how do we, how do we know, how do we help our readers know where to start with a new product? Now that's whether you're a brand new seller, you've never sold in your life, or you've already got an existing company and you want to start thinking about the next SKU for your SKU pipeline, right? How do we, how do you do that? And so, you know, one of the things that we did, my brothers and I, when, when I, when I left the Marine Corps, I'm sitting there at the family dinner table and we're saying, what kind of business should we get into? I, I was adopted into my, my Jewish family. I call them here in Los Angeles. And, you know, you read my story, right? Chapter two, I wasn't uh, in a good place in my teens. I got invited to a family dinner on a Friday night on a, on a Shabbos at this wonderful family of the Clarissenfelds here in Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I showed up and it really changed my my life. You know, I talk about the story about how how that happened. And we sat down at the dinner table and everyone's talking about their stories. The kids thank their mother for everything that they did for them that week and we start having these stories. And I learned that for the from the time the sun goes down Friday night till the sun, time the sun goes down Saturday night, the kids couldn't play video games, they couldn't watch television. They just hung out together. And one of the things that they did, what we did was we played games. So we played backgammon, we played ping pong, we played basketball out on the court. And so, you know, it was it was it was a life-altering experience for me. I just invited myself every Friday night and every Saturday from, you know, every every week after that and became part of the family and they sort of unofficially adopted me. But fast forward 10 years, I'm leaving the Marine Corps, I'm coming back, let's start a business. And we asked ourselves, well, what should we do? And we said, well, why don't we do what helped us come closer as a family? Why don't we sell the same products that brought us together as a family? And and that was our inspiration, right? That was our story. And so, yeah, we sold foosball tables. We sold the ping pong tables. We sold basketball hoops because we're huge Laker fans. And, you know, we, we wanted to, we wanted to share that experience. And, you know, so we studied the products and we shared that with the customers. So that was one inspiration for me. And so one of the things that we say in the book is when you're trying to come up with your next product or your first product, what moves you, Right. What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you know more about a product category than anyone else you know? Maybe you worked a high school in high school. You worked a job and you got to learn a product line because you were selling shoes or some you know some sort of product in a shoe store. Or you know, I worked at a speaker shop. So something that you have some base of knowledge about that's a little bit more than the rest. So that's like the starting point. And when you go through that sort of discovery process and find a product that you're passionate about, and one of the reasons. We like to say be passionate about it is because it's hard work, Michael, right? We're talking, we're not, we're not hiding the fact that it's going to take a lot of your time, treasure, and energy to build the next great product in the category you want to be in. So you want to be passionate about it because that extra passion will get you over the finish line, right? But then the next thing that you want to do is you want to validate that product. Just because you're passionate about it 
if you go on Amazon and you find the best sellers in that category are doing $1,000 a month in sales, I'm sorry. You may be passionate about that product. Don't do it because you're not going to get your money back or your time and treasure back from the investment. So find what moves you, find something that you know a little bit about, and, and maybe something that you know, you're know you buying a product now that leaves you wanting. It's not quite right, but you, you're you passionate about this category. and you, you think if you just change A to B, it would be so much better, right? Bring that to market. But then take a look on Amazon and you can use tools like your, your, your audience knows these tools, Helium 10, you know, Jungle Scout, use that old 999 checkout trick, go to Amazon, search your category, find out if the product that you're passionate about has a market. If there's no market, don't waste your time and energy. I mean, those are the first, the first two important pieces, as, as, as I would say. Does that, does that make sense, Michael? Absolutely makes sense. I mean, it's very much mirrors what I'm always big begging anybody who's sort of trying to work with me from scratch to do is like, please do something you know about and care about. Because as you said, like, I think yeah. Seth Godin said something like it's about hockey. I presume I was hockey because uh, he was up in Buffalo or something, wasn't he? And, and he said something like, I can't remember what the first two things were, but he said, you've got to care enough to get hit because you will get hit. So you've got to actually care enough to, to be willing to take some knocks and keep going. And I think it's actually a very business-like thing to 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 go for a product that has both got a market and everyone's obsessed with the latest hack on the software. So I don't need to big that bit up. You've got to validate it, of course. But also something you, you care about is less common. And I think that's actually not a business-like decision. It sounds counterintuitive because passion, what's that got to do with the rational business decision? Well, if you don't right. persevere for 12 months or 15 months during the development phase, you're never going to know whether it's going to make you a serious amount of money or not because you'll never get to that point. So, you know, for me, it's a rational thing. I mean, yeah, you, you summarize that much better than I did, Michael. <laughs> yeah. An example, and I don't know if you want to mention it, but Jason has a great client, you know, that's passionate about pets and they have a niche. Tell, tell them about the what, what they sell online, which I would never think in a million years would be a business, but but it is. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. It's a, it's it's an incredible company. Walk in Pets is their name. No G, just walk in with an apostrophe pets. And they built these dog wheelchairs for pets who've had accidents. And you know, when I was a kid, you put down a dog like that. And these folks came to the market, you know, Mark the founder is just so passionate about this. He extending the lives of pets. And, and by the way, when we took them over as a client, we came back and said, what's the benefit of your product? You know, happy, healthy pets, but also happy, healthy owners, right? And so we put that messaging together. And I mean, these guys every single day are finding use cases where a pet has been injured in a, in a different way. And they're out there designing a product to help that pet live a longer, happier life. It's just, I mean... Doesn't no, I mean, that just we, give you a warm, having, fuzzy feeling inside, Michael? <laughs> if we were having coffee and I said, hey, Jason, I got a great idea. I'm going to start a, a, a business. I'm going to sell pet wheelchairs. Somebody would probably laugh in your face, but the, the people are passionate about it and they have a thriving business now. That's funny because I happen to live around the corner with from a place which had been on sort of TV where they'd created something along those lines. And it was on British TV. This is years ago. And the landlord turned out to be one of the vets who'd helped develop that stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a niche little thing that actually is full of, of emotional connection. Talking about emotion. I mean, people and their pets, especially dogs. That's, that's an emotional thing. And you pretty much, apart from saving your child's life, I think the second biggest thing that I've seen people motivated by, and, and Brits are, are pretty 
sappy about their dogs as well here is is to do something for your pet so that's a super smart emotional driver if again it comes back to authenticity right if you really care if you fake caring to somebody who really cares about animals or dogs or children you've probably had it but if you really care then that makes for a a really wonderful thing and as you said warm fuzzy feeling i like it's like the most positive kind of amazon selling story i've ever heard actually i have to say so that's quite amazing <laughs> you know that's that's definitely got to be the way to go well this and this is a wonderful sort of warm fuzzy thing i'm kind of tempted to leave it on that what what should i ask you that is a huge book there's what i say huge it's very readable but it's, it's a lot of solid content what things should people know that are really essential to know do you think in this sort of modern amazon era if you're either expanding your brand or even if you're starting from scratch that we haven't mentioned so far well, we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of yeah. time, haven't we, Michael? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I think the thing to know, and maybe this is a nice segue to talk about some of these aggregators that have had so so much success, is the margins on Amazon have been tightening, right? And, you know, when I first started all the way back in 2003, it was like the honeymoon wild west because we had plenty of blue ocean space, right? We keep referencing this book. By the way, Rick, we're competing with that book in that cat in our category on Amazon. So we're high, we're trying to catch them right now. We've got a ways no, to go. Blue ocean, you'll love our book. <laughs> I'm going to stop plugging Blue Ocean because I want to pass them as a bestseller in our category on Amazon. But you know, one of the things that's become sort of a necessary evil we like to call it in the book is Amazon advertising, and you know. Any, anyone who's a, a, a seller of any sort of significance on Amazon knows that Main Street, you know, you're, you know, harking back to the brick and mortar days, being on Main Street where there's all the, the foot traffic and also the, you know, the traffic where your, your signage can be seen, where you can gain mindshare, that is the first page of search results. And now Amazon has changed to where it's a pay to play platform. So you have to drive traffic on Amazon to your listing. And if you do not, and you don't do it in an efficient and effective way, you'll get left behind. There's a couple of different kinds of placements that you can get on that first page of search results now. And one of the, the whole top, the above the fold section of the first page of search results is now pay to play. So again, this goes back to our strategy, Michael, have your own product, have your own registered trademark brand name, have brand registry on Amazon so that you can pay and defend your brand on the top third of the first page of search results. And, and if you're not doing that, you're losing an opportunity. And Rick mentioned this before. If you're doing Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, if you're doing direct TV, if you've got placement in a retail location and you're not defending that sponsored brand ad place for all of your brand keywords, you are driving sales to your competitors, probably someone you've never heard a brand, you've never heard their brand before, right? Because these are Amazon folks who know the game. And so having a really smart brand defensive strategy with sponsored brands, and then also having an effective, you know, sponsored product strategy, PPC ads, so that you've got more than one placement on that first page of search results, Advertising can help drive the search algorithm and get you to that first page for your organic free listings. But when you can have that listing and prominent ad placement, that's when the magic starts to happen. Okay. So, I mean, I think you cannot ignore, you know, we, we have this quote, Henry, Henry Ford cutting off advertising is like someone, you know, stopping time by turning off their watch. You have to, you have to, it's pay to play now on Amazon and you have to be there and you have to have an effective strategy. And we, we outlined some of that in our chapter on ads. 
Absolutely. I, I love that Henry Ford quote, by the way. That's fantastic. <laughs> I really like that. Rick, have you got anything to add to that in terms of the sort of more branding angle? Well, I'm going to go to two things. One is really high level. And I think Amazon, you know, in order to increase revenues is they're going to keep coming up with more advertising opportunities. And some of them, you know, they're just going to kind of copy what people are doing out in the marketplace. And so all I have to say about the advertising is, is really get familiar with direct marketing, direct response marketing principles so that you can make your advertisements more effective. And, you know, there's a whole thing, uh, you know, about brand advertising, which is about awareness versus direct response advertising, which gets people to take action. So we can spend a whole episode talking about this, Michael, but just be thinking when you're doing your advertising, if, it, if you can follow a direct response model where the end action is getting people to go and click on your the buy box for your product and you'll, and you'll have more success. And then the other is more micro. And we didn't really get into it, but we, we get into it in the book. And that is really, and again, this isn't a new subject, but it's about optimizing listings and how do you make the listings do better. And I'm always really amazed. I can go on Amazon right now, go to a major brand that's selling a coffee maker, and you see an image that's like the front view of the coffee maker, the side view of the coffee maker, and there's no people in it. There's no there's no infographics in, in it. And Jason and I are really big believers in making each product image on your listing. We like to say, let's make it a magazine ad that each listing jumps out at you and you really focus on putting infographics on there. And a good example we do in the book and it for a client of Jason's, a coffee maker. Again, it's a commodity. There's zillions of coffee makers out there. But the very first image on on for one of the coffee makers that Jason is helping do is isn't even a picture of the product. It's a picture of a woman drinking a cup of coffee. And it's again, that emotional appeal. And then you look at any other products on there and nobody else is doing that. So little, little things like that, that can improve, that will improve your, your listings and your conversions. We, we talk about in the book. And again, we could spend a whole show on, on those things. I mean, fortunately you have come on and talked before about, you know, in some detail about the, when we talked about video, uh, your uh, video marketing book about the yeah. difference between brand advertising, direct response, and actually your idea of why don't you do both get paid and develop your brand, right? Which is so direct branding your, your concept or mm-hmm. your, your words there, not, not nicking your IP there, but also I think you're right that what strikes me as a blue ocean opportunity isn't so much picking the magical product that's going to make you rich it's it's the fact that so many listings are doing such a terrible job and especially thank goodness for amazon as a first party seller because we've mentioned already how terribly they do it that's a wonderful opportunity to do a better job and it's actually still amazes me as you say rick that you look around and people are just putting a boring picture of a product on a white background i mean yes you've got to do that for the main image you certainly don't have to do that for nine boring images and and as you say about somebody drinking, I mean, I, I've got a coffee maker. I love drinking coffee. I don't really love the coffee maker. I love the drinking bit. So just <laughs> selling the sizzle, not the steak, it's pretty old school, right? Sell the benefits, not the features. It's nothing that you wouldn't get taught if you, I, I was taught that when I was trying to sell uh, double glazing when I was a callow 29 year old. And I hated the job, but I learned a lot about direct sales. And that was one of the absolute basics. And yet nobody's taught that to the people out there. So I think I, I could just say, uh, 
wrapping up on apart from the warm fuzzy note of the dogs which i'm still getting over how wonderful that is <laughs> you do you need a tissue michael no i don't need a tissue but it's a bit like if somebody's a doctor versus anything else you're like okay so you win you win really don't you yeah. in, in terms of worthiness of what you're doing but also yeah. the fact that there's so much opportunity given by such terrible marketing out there i i love that fact that so much terrible marketing because that's your opportunity yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Michael, all the way back. Oh, sorry, Rick, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, and let me give you an example of why, where price doesn't matter. I have three dogs. I knew Jason was doing this project about two weeks ago. One of my dogs, it, it weighs about 10 pounds, for whatever reason, decided to jump off of a picnic table. We were at the dog park. Well, she landed funny and she tore her ACL in her leg. And now she's walking around on three legs. So what's the first thing we do? I called Jason and, you know, went to Amazon. And believe me, I did not care how much the leg splint cost. I wanted the best leg splint that I could get for my pet. And I was willing to pay a premium price for it. Dogs and babies are just a wonderful market. Dogs and babies. You got it. By emotion. You know, <laughs> that's said. Having said that, I there's so many people advertising. Going, you should always put those in the picture if possible. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. They say you never work with children and animals. I and mean, as somebody who's done a lot of teaching kids in the past, I can kind of attest to that. But when it comes to emotion evocation, then, you know, you should definitely put them in your photos. So I'm bringing it down to very basics here. Listen to me taking all this wonderful conceptual stuff and making it very, very kind of old school salesman here. So we better wrap this up so you can go on and, and help other people make millions and millions on, on Amazon and in other places. <laughs> Obviously, you've got a book coming out of here. It's definitely called The Amazon Jungle. So tell us a little bit about where people can get that and, and you know why they should buy it, how it's going to help them. Well, sure. You can you can get it of all places at Amazon.com. The Amazon Jungle. It's Rick's holding it up there and it's over my, I think it's your left shoulder, my right shoulder. And if you are one of those folks that refuse to buy from Amazon, there seems to be a growing crowd of those folks that are out there and you, you refuse to give Amazon, their money. By the way, Rick, I, I hate to say this, but I think Amazon makes money off more money off our book than we do. You can uh, you can go to BarnesandNoble.com and you can go to Books a Million. So pretty much every bookstore out there is now carrying it. So you know, it's just we try to just we try to just get right to the point, Michael. There's not a lot of fluff in there. There is a little bit of emotion, but it's important and it's important to the story and and, and the path to success on Amazon, as far as we believe. Yeah, and Rick, any final words about the book and what people can expect from buying it? No, just, you know, if you're selling on Amazon, I think there's information in there that'll help you uh, do better. Amazing. Well, look, guys, it's, it's been a real pleasure. That's a real roller coaster ride. As you said, Jesse, we covered a lot of ground there. I'm left with the twin images of the wonderful opportunity provided by terrible, boring photography and those dogs and, and your dog with its splint, Rick. So I hope your dog gets well soon. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on at the same time. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.